0: If you were to approach me, say, a year ago, and tell me that this time next year, I would still not be in uni, I would be in Goths Arbor for about half the year, living in a person's home who I'd never met before, and having just done a rise, would be working as a Bible worker in a church I'd never been to before, and working with people who, who I barely knew, I would have thought you were crazy, and I definitely wouldn't have believed you. <clears throat> I guess at that point in my life, I wasn't willing to put off uni for a year, leave home, and spend what turned out to be the whole year living in New South Wales. I would have been quite content to stay at home, to study where I could stay with my family, my friends, and my home church. Sure, I wanted to aim high, but I wanted to do it in the comfort of my own home. You see, that was my comfort zone. And we all have a comfort zone. Some, people are, some people's comfort zones are small and others are smaller, but we all have them to some degree. But what is a comfort zone? Well, a comfort zone is a behavioral space where your activities and behaviors fit a routine and pattern that minimize stress and risk. Or in, in simple terms, you could define it as this. Simply things that you find comfortable, activities that you find easy. Now, some people's comfort zones are definitely smaller than others, as I said before. For example, personally, I find exams a pretty nerve-wracking experience. My heart pulls a a Titanic nearly every time I have to take one, you know, kind of like splitting in half and plunging down to the depths of the Atlantic. (laughs) But I know people who are so calm when they go into exams. Too calm, it seems. I'm sure you know people like this as well. Not having a care in the world, even during the most stressful, circumstances now not always but often I find that these people aren't as calm when the results come back and they see their grades and the one thing they're not feeling is comfortable now exams is this for me and I'm sure you have your own examples but what I take from this is that there's always something that pushes us out of our comfort zones whether it's doing the exam or getting the results no matter how big or small or whether it's in our control or not, there is always something that we're not comfortable with. Now, it may be an exam, as I said before, or it may be something else. Maybe a leadership position in the church or at work, singing in public, perhaps, or traveling to another country. Maybe sharing your faith or public speaking. That's definitely a big one. I know I was terrified of public speaking. I still am. But the point is, there's always something to be afraid of, there's always something that pushes us out of our comfort zones. And we all have a comfort zone. But people don't really like stepping out of their comfort zones, myself included. And it's a shame, really, because there are actually quite a number of benefits if you do. Now, this whole idea of the comfort zone can be traced all the way back to around Sorry when the psychologists Robert M. Yerkes and John D. Dodson were conducting experiments around comfort zones. And they came up with the idea of optimal anxiety. So basically, they discovered that the best productivity in many kinds of work happened when the person had a healthy balance between anxiety and comfort. Now, having enough stress to sort of get get the work moving, bring it along, and also bring about the best quality of work but not too much stress so that the high anxiety levels hinder the work ethic. And this space is called optimal anxiety, which is interesting because the study shows me that there are definitely benefits to leaving your comfort zone. But it got me thinking, what does the Bible actually say about leaving your comfort zone? And are there any spiritual benefits for leaving them? Well, in Matthew 14, we find that Peter is given an opportunity to literally step out of his comfort zone. It is a story most of us should be familiar with. When Jesus gives Peter the chance to walk on water. Now, just prior to this, Jesus had performed the feeding of the 5,000. And just having witnessed this incredible miracle, the crowd is abuzz and excited. But Jesus obviously doesn't want his disciples to indulge And this excitement, because immediately, the Bible says, Jesus sends the disciples away to the other side of the lake and deals with the crowds himself. The disciples head off and Jesus remains behind to pray, presumably for his disciples. The story moves on and a violent storm breaks out over the Sea of Galilee and the disciples are caught right in its midst. And our story today picks up in verse 25. So, let's read Matthew 14, verses 25 to 33. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, which is, which is probably around 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning, so it's still probably pretty dark, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, "'It is a ghost,' and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, "'Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid.'" And Peter answered him and said, "'Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water.' So he said, "'Come.' And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, "'Lord, save me.' And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, "'O you of little faith, why did you doubt?' And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased." Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So just to give a brief summary of what we just read. Jesus sends his disciples off on the lake. They get caught up in a storm. Jesus starts walking on the water and comes out to meet them in the middle of the lake. The disciples get a fright. And just when you think the story couldn't get any wilder, Peter speaks up. He asked Jesus to call him out on the water, Jesus does, and the rest is history. It's it's a very interesting story, and a very motivating one, I find, to be honest. And there's obviously a lot in this story that we could discuss. But today, specifically, I want to focus on Peter's unique experience of walking on water, and how that can apply to us today. Now, let's just think about the experience of walking on water for a bit. I mean, what an amazing experience it would have been. Now I've always wondered what it would actually feel like to have the water underneath your feet and not sink. I mean, incredible. Would it be like walking over a thin puddle, maybe, where you could feel the fluidity of the water but underneath that resolute firmness of the earth? Or did the water solidify underneath Peter's feet like some kind of ambient ice or maybe something in between Did the water turn into like a jelly substance? Who knows? Well, We'll just have to ask Peter when we get to heaven. But to be honest, I'm kind of conflicted about this experience as well. Because although it would have been incredible, it would have also been incredibly frightening. I mean, just think how terrifying walking in water would actually be. And not just calm water, mind you, but severely stormy water. I think it's safe to say that it would be something out of everyone's comfort zone, including Peter. Now, if this was me, it would probably take me about an hour or two just to work up the courage to actually get out of the boat. I mean, uh, to be honest, I think I would kind of slowly lower myself out of the boat and just dip my feet into the water just a little bit, just to make sure that the water would, would hold me up, you know? But this was Peter, impulsive Peter, and when I imagine this story, I just imagine Peter jumping out of the boat, not really realizing the significance or possible danger of the situation until he's like halfway between the boat and Jesus kind of thing. But whether or not, whether or not that's actually what happened, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say exactly. But what is certain is that Peter, with no assurance besides complete faith in Jesus, stepped out of the safety of the boat into a huge storm. And if that's not stepping out of your comfort zone, I really don't know what is. And to be honest, I feel like Peter deserves a little recognition for this as well. I feel like we often give Peter a hard time in the Bible for his his many failures and shortcomings recorded throughout. But what we tend to overlook, I think, is the fact that the other disciples didn't even get out of the boat it was only Peter. And I believe, like Peter, God is calling us out of the boat, out of our comfort zones. Jesus called Peter, for co- Peter to come out of the boat, and I believe he is calling us too. And I want to suggest to you today that God wants all of us to walk on water, from comfort to courage. You see, anything that lies outside of our comfort zones Is our own personal walking on water experience. God wants us to do amazing things, but sometimes, like Peter, we have to be willing to take a step of faith. But Peter did start to sink. I mean, he he almost drowned. So why in the world would God want us to leave the boat? Why would God want us to leave our comfort zones and risk drowning? I mean, I think it's a fair question, but I, I believe the answer lies within this very story because in it lies a powerful analogy for how God leads and uplifts us out of our comfort zones to do His will in our lives. Now, after Jesus had clarified to His disciples that it was Him and not a ghost, Peter speaks up and says, reading from verse 28, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you in the water. Now, it almost seems like Peter is doubting here a little bit. Lord, if it is you, command me to come. But in spite of Peter's doubt, Jesus still calls him out on the water anyway, with just one unambiguous word, come. Now, this tells me a few things. Firstly, when we feel like God is calling us out of the boat, we will most likely experience some doubt. For a few reasons, perhaps. Maybe we think we just honestly can't do it, or we're scared of the approaching storm. Or the devil, perhaps, is throwing doubts and words of discouragement at our hearts and minds. It can be a many number of things. But in spite of that doubt, Jesus still calls us us, out into the water, like he did Peter. And if we are wrestling with God's calling, if we are wondering, wondering what God wants us to do in our lives... We can ask God to make his plan plain and pray that God reveals his will to us. And just like he clarified with Peter, he will do the same with you and with me. Now, I know I've experienced this time and time again. I doubt and I wonder about God's calling, but I petition it to God and he always comes through. He always gets me to hop out of the boat. Don't let your doubts or lack of faith stop you from getting out of the boat. God will provide. But just because God clarifies that it is His will, it doesn't mean that all our doubts will go. Not straight away, anyway. You know, Peter was still lacking in faith, and he still fell. You know, I remember when I felt like God was calling me to Bible work. And I was excited, sure, but I was also very nervous. And I had plenty of doubts. But it wasn't until I stepped out of my comfort zone and started doing Bible work, that a lot of my doubts left. You know, sometimes we need to take the first step of faith. We may doubt all the way, but sometimes it's not till you call out to Jesus and take that first step of faith out of the boat to you completely realize that this is what God is calling you to do. Let's read, let's go back, sorry, to verse 29 and 31. I'll reread them again just to keep the the verses fresh in our minds. And it says this, verses 29 to 31. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? No, we almost face the fact that Peter started to sink. Now, I'm going to take a leap of faith here and suggest that walking in water is not the easiest thing to do in the world. As we discussed earlier, I mean, it would be a frightening experience. Incredible, but still frightening, especially amongst the storm. And I guess if you think about it, walking in water is not really physically possible, is it? It's, it's something Jesus has to do for you. I mean, Peter by himself could not walk on water. The only thing keeping him above the waves was Jesus. And so, it's the same for us. Stepping out of our comfort zones is going to be a challenging experience. Even scary at times. But God will help us out of our comfort zones. And you know, as I said before, the only thing keeping Peter above the waves was Jesus. I mean, you can imagine Peter <laughs> just walking along taking in this awesome experience until some pride starts creeping into his heart. Maybe he turns back to the other disciples, to gloat, perhaps. But then he starts looking at the storm, the howling wind, the crashing waves, and he starts to fear. He starts to doubt. But whatever happened, Alan White makes this statement. He took his eyes of Jesus. And you know, when Peter's, Peter took his eyes of Jesus... He started to sink. And when we are out of our comfort zones, doing things we find challenging and frightening, keeping our eyes on Jesus is the only thing that will get us through. So long as we trust and keep our faith in Jesus, He will give us the strength and the ability to get through whatever He calls us to do. But sometimes, like Peter, we will fall. I mean, we're human after all. Sometimes in the midst of the storm, we lose sight of Jesus and start to sink. But the awesome news is, Jesus doesn't leave us to drown. Let's all turn to Isaiah 43, verses 2 to 3a. And we'll just read the the first half of verse 3. And it says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. God doesn't leave us to drown in our hardships, to drown in our shortcomings and failures. He promises that when we pass through the water, or when we pass through the waters, even the stormiest of waters, God promises that He will be with us. Could we all turn to 2 Corinthians, verses 12, verses 9 through to 10? I think this is one of the main reasons why God actually calls us out of our comfort zones to give Him glory. First of all, let's break down this. Let's break down these couple of verses. So first of all, God's grace is sufficient. You know, God may not always provide the strength when we want it, but He will always provide it when we need it. You know, this has been my experience anyway, throughout through Bible work and ministry. And through our weaknesses, God's strength shine through. You know, as I said before, walking on water is not the easiest thing to do. I mean, we talked about how impossible really it is without the help of Jesus. And so when people look at us stepping out of our comfort zones, doing incredible things for God, they see that it's not us, it's God. The only thing keeping Peter above the waves was Jesus. And the only thing that's getting us through the hardships and trials of stepping out of our comfort zones is Jesus. And so, by us just doing whatever it is outside of our comfort zones, it actually gives glory to God. And I think that's awesome. Is calling us out of the boat. God is calling us to take a step of faith out of our comfort zones, from comfort to courage. Now did you know that the root of the word courage actually came from the Latin word core, which is actually Latin for heart. And the beginning of courage, in my opinion, is God's love for us, and our wholehearted trust in His love. Can we all turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7? So 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. What a wonderful promise. Because of God's love, because of God's big heart, if you will, we don't have to be afraid. I mean, how incredible is that? Because if you really think about it, discouragement is just heartlessness, a lack of heart to continue on. But because of God's love and our trust in His love, it gives us the strength to step out in faith without fear. I truly believe God's calling a generation to take a step of faith outside of their comfort zones. And imagine, just imagine, if the whole church stepped out of the boat. We'd have a people walking on water, keeping their eyes firmly fixed upon Jesus. Just picture that in your mind. ...for a second. It's powerful. That is really powerful. You know, it reminds me of the apostolic times, to be honest. When the church wasn't afraid to be bold for Christ. When the church trusted in God's love and stepped out of their comfort zones... ...preaching and teaching and doing amazing things for God. And so, I want to challenge all of us today, myself included... ...to take a step of faith out of the boat and leave our comfort zones... And do amazing things for God. And why wait? Let's do it today. Let's not put it off for tomorrow or for next week or for a month. Today, let's step out of the boat and start fulfilling God's will for our lives. And start doing incredible things for God today.